Hello and welcome back to the Unqualified Huddle. Uh, I'm back, myself, Simon. I'm here with just one of the twins today. Uh, I'm here with Shannon. Um, I know that's not what we expected. We expected Shannon to be on his travels again. Shamel to be the one holding on the fort, but no. The roles are reversed uh, for personal reasons I'm not going to go into. Uh, Shannon can if he wants to, but he doesn't have to. And Shamel is currently in India. Um, doing some shopping, so that's nice for him. How are you, Shan? Uh, How's things? Um, things things are terrible. The NFL season is over. NFL <laughs> season is over. Number one, it's terrible. Yeah. And on a personal note, I've just you know just knocked myself out and had to cancel my my postpone my travels for for a TBD amount of time. But you know we move. We're here to cover the Super Bowl at least. Well, we're we're a bit late to the party, but here we are. We are going to come to the Super Bowl. First of all, uh, just talking about the the victory parade, though, uh, senseless violence in America, uh, shooting that happened. Uh, you look uncomfortable to me talking about this, but that is, you know, we, we have to talk about uncomfortable things. I just think it's ridiculous uh, that in America, a country that's so great, you know, mass shootings just carry on happening. It's, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to all the people that are affected, but you know, political statements, America needs to make a change. Yeah, like, I, I completely agree. Like, it's, it's really horrible learning about what's going on. Uh, I, I wasn't, I was only surprised because we literally just talked about our rundown and we didn't even mention this, but you know, you're right. It, it, um, it's worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, moving on, though, let's 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 move on to happy climates, I guess. Super Bowl itself. Um, oh, we... Well, not everyone's happy. happy <laughs> no, not everyone is happy, no. Um, I'm not happy, um, mainly because I missed the second half by falling asleep. <laughs> so I've had to catch up on it. I saw the first half, saw overtime, but I, I missed this whole second half because in America, uh, sorry, in Britain, it was it was about three in the morning by the time that the the second half was happening. No, maybe not that late. Maybe it was two. I don't know. See, discombobulated from the whole thing. See, but I, I, I was a proper trooper. I watched the whole of the regular uh, regular game. And then uh, I and then went to bed at overtime. You went to bed when it got spicy. You were like, yeah. nah, that's enough for me. I can't handle it no more. I'm off. Well, you know, the no, new overtime rules that, you know, we we hardcore fans know about, clearly, <laughs> that um, we knew that the, the overtime hey, could go on for a while. Hey, it's confusing. It is confusing. You know, they, they decided to change the rules this year. Although you would think people whose job it is to to not only coach this game, but to play the game, would have an understanding of the rules. However, the 49ers all came out and basically said they didn't know the rules had changed, which to me is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard of. That that's on Kyle Shanahan. He's he's great no. at putting people under the no. bu- under the bus. It's not just on Kyle Shanahan. All I these, mean, the head these... coach, the head coach. <laughs> You're telling me that the head coach shouldn't have accountability for no, no. that not going on. He should have he should have some of the accountability for sure and probably most of it because he's the one that's declared you know we want to receive the ball he shouted out to Fred Warner we want the ball all of that fair enough but all of these players who are also playing the sport should know the rules of said sport. I mean you don't get I, you don't get a footballer you don't get you don't get a footballer and be like oh I didn't know that like this rule I didn't know the offside rule like standing ten yards offside I didn't know what the rule was like no you play the sport learn the rules. I mean, come on! How much, how much is put on the players? Coaches need to take some accountability. 
I I agree. He does. But also, the players do. You can't just be like, how much is put on the players? It's literally their job. Literally their job. You don't have a doctor not know how to, like, you know, hit, like treat someone, do you? You don't I really mean, just know. <laughs> I, I agree, but, like... Like if you 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 have a job to do uh, your desk job you have a job to do yeah but if if you're if you make errors yeah your boss has to be the one who knows everything what's going on yeah yeah I, no and I agree and Shanahan should take a lot of the flack here that he didn't understand the rules properly you wouldn't get many other head coaches I don't think making a similar error and and is the opposite side Kansas City they were preparing every every time in the playoffs they were discussing what they were doing in the playoffs they, they in, were all, in the they, time. they were all confused as well you saw it on like the video and stuff like when when they came off the field and like they said oh they they want to receive they were all like uh what all right then <laughs> like f- fair enough <laughs> like they, they didn't know what was going on and I, I you know I appreciate that that train of thought now even the commentators were saying it though during the during the play, it didn't make any sense for the 49ers to receive in that situation. It put them on the back foot, uh, where they were already momentum was already against them. They just they just gave more momentum to the Chiefs at that point. Yeah, so so in according to the overtime rules, both teams have a chance to possess the ball once, um, and then say if the scores are still equal after that, then um, the the initial team uh, receiving the ball would have a chance to score again. Yeah, basically, next to wins then. Let's go wins. Yeah. So um, the Chiefs were at the advantage because they knew what the 49ers did. They scored a field goal. That means that the Chiefs knew they had four downs to get into field goal range and then could decide if they wanted to get a touchdown. Yeah. They decided as well that if, for instance, 49ers scored a touchdown, they would go for two and end the game right there. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Like the, the Chiefs did it right. And this is one of the things that annoys me as well. People complaining about other stuff, which we'll get into in a minute. But the Chiefs prepared right. They did it all right. They had to plan out right. They planned it. That's the difference. And for me, that, that sort of shows some of the experience of this Chiefs coaching staff, as well as like the Chiefs players, compared to these other teams like the 49ers. And I know they've been in and around the playoffs a lot, but it, there still seems to be some inexperience there when it comes to playoff football. Mainly because, like, I don't know, maybe they've not been in as tough of games. Maybe they've not been in those tough situations as much. I, I don't know. We've all said that the AFC is the tougher side when it comes to playoffs and things like that. Like, there's not as many good NFC teams. But it's just, for me, it's embarrassing. Like, across the board for the 49ers. And, yeah, and that's one reason why you might hate the Chiefs. Everyone hated the Patriots when they were on top, but there's a reason this team keeps getting up there, and there's a reason they keep executing, even in the season where they, where everyone said this is the year to topple them over. They they made it look easy, in relatively speaking. Wow. The run up to the Super Bowl, they they made that Baltimore game look easy. They 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 came good when the time happened, but that first half of the Super Bowl, they did not make stuff look easy. If anything, the 49ers let them off. Um, but did you did you think watching that game? You saw the first half before you fell asleep. Did you actually <laughs> think that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't come back? Well, it's always Patrick Mahomes, isn't it? It's always Patrick Mahomes. You know what you're getting with him. You know he's a dangerous threat and always has the like has the ability to come back in games. The last, um, isn't it all all three of his 
Super Bowl wins now. He's been behind by 10 points. So he's always been behind in the Super Bowl. He's never been, he's never had to like play from the lead. He's always played from behind. And I think that helps their mentality. They they always try and give themselves like a, you know, really un- like everyone loves the the story of I'm the underdog. Like I'm the I'm the one fighting for my life here. Like they all want that mentality, and that's sort of what the the Chiefs do. They let other teams get ahead of them, and then they're like, right now we need to like switch on. Now we need to play well. You know, they went into halftime ten points down. They came out, and they they were the better team in the second half by a long way. And I would I would argue that coming into next year they'll be an even bigger opposition because they they faltered somewhere where they didn't think they would. The wide receiver, they thought they could just plug and play. And now they'll they'll know the mistakes they made, which they still won the Super Bowl. And they'll be coming yeah. back an even better team. Well, the thing is, it's their defense. And they've made some, they made a good choice by re-signing Spagnola. He's got a new contract. He was the and MVP I, of that game. Absolutely. The, the, the Chiefs defense was, as we've talked about all season long, and when it comes to the comes to the playoffs, we were talking about, and before the Super Bowl, we said about it, this Chiefs defense is probably the best unit on any like any team right now. It's the best defense in the league for me coming into the playoffs. They've got all the right pieces, and like it's scary that a lot of them are returning as well. Like there's not, they don't have a lot of free agents in that defense. The big Sneed one is Chris, Sneed and Chris Jones to their big, big the big big name, yeah. But uh, Chris Jones has made it pretty clear he wants to return um but obviously there's a financial aspect to sort out i think sneed will want to return again financial aspect to sort out and i I don't think i think i think out of them uh the the chiefs won't let sneed walk based on the year he's he's had zero place he's been the best cornerback in the league by far and he, he doesn't even get the flowers on his own team for me he's their best defense but i think mcduffie was the one getting a lot more like praise heaped on him yeah, he was he was the the guy who executed on the important third and five against the 49ers, forced forced them uh, to get off the field. Um, but yeah, the, the, like I said, you can pick so many plays of this defense. Though this unit is just incredible. I for me, it's the the other side. The 49ers are in a bit of a bad spot. They've got a lot of free agents coming up. Uh, their cap situation is not as good. And also, realistically, they've been to the dance now a couple of times, and they just always keep falling short. Is it the quarterback, though, that's the issue? So, like, I've seen a lot of talk uh, around where they basically say, unless you've got an elite quarterback, you're not winning a Super Bowl. And the talk, like, obviously, everyone's got opinions on Purdy, but the the consensus is he's probably not elite. I don't know where I stand on that because he's, he has made elite plays and stuff. But, you know, it's fair to, it's fair to say he's not in a calibre of, like, a Patrick Mahomes right now, a Joe Burrow, a, a Josh Allen... You know, some of those guys that we'd put at the top tier of the, the NFL quarterback rankings. So, do you think that is an issue for them? Do you feel like a team can't win? Because what the, what the 49ers have done is sort of done anti what most other teams have done, where they invest little in their quarterback, but invest around the quarterback. They've got a well, lot that's of... because they've whiffed at their quarterback so long. <laughs> but, like, do you know what I mean? They've, they've got, you know, they've, they've got an elite offensive line. They've got uh, the best running back in the NFL. They've got good receivers. George Kittle, great tight end. Uh, but at quarterback, they, they've got a seven-round draft pick playing for them. Um, I, I, and previously, I he, previously it was Grappolo. Yeah, well, I think he can win. But the issue I have with not having an elite quarterback is your window is so short. Because like you mentioned, players are going out of contract. 
they've got rid of Steve Wilkes because apparently he's the problem. Uh, but really, the personnel, <laughs> there's only so many years you can afford all these big-name defensive players, which you need to have if you don't have an elite quarterback. And that just means that you're constantly in a state of rebuild uh, where then, after a while, you will be relying on that maybe good, maybe even very good quarterback to play elite level. Well, the, the thing for me, the, the Chiefs have done it right, like, in a lot of ways with well, how they've well, built the team. Hitting on the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's, a, that's a, a big plus for them. But it goes back to me, it's reminiscent of the Brady years in New England in a sense where we talked about them lacking their wide receiver depth, not addressing it and all of this. But what they did do is they concentrated on getting a really good defence to play alongside. So even when you've got issues on offence, your great quarterback, the elite quarterback, elevates the offence still, but you've got a great defence to play that. That's basically what New England did with Brady for many years. Brady elevated that offence up because of his own ability but they spent a lot of resources on their defense to make sure that he's got, he'll get the ball in his hand, basically. They'll get yeah. off the field. And, and the game. with both those teams, you ideally wanted both teams to add a number one wide receiver. But like I said, the d- defense and even the offensive line, the, the number one job is keep Brady, keep Patrick Holmes upright, and then let them do their more than their fair share of work, and it should be all right. Well, the, the Chiefs are more than able to keep Patrick Holmes upright when they get to bear hug defensive players during the Super Bowl final, you know, they're, 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 it makes life so much easier for them to be able exactly. to do that. Um, <laughs> so. but I, I won't go into that. We've talked about that enough. But um, I, I want to talk about next year. Like, mm-hmm. There are these teams. I expect the 49ers to be in the dance again. I expect the Dallas Cowboys to be in the dance again. I so expect my, the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff to be in the dance again. But my, with these teams, everything has to go right. My concern with the 49ers is that they've lost a lot of coaching. Um, in They've just fired Steve Wilkes, who they think is the problem. I don't know if he is, but there's that. They've lost their offensive coaches to, like, the Saints have got um, Clint Kubiak. Um, and I think there's a few more. I can't, I can't name them all off the top of my head, but there's a few more coaching staff going. And it comes down to free agency, because I, I want to see what free agents they've got. Let me just, you know, do some research while we're on the talking. Um, but I feel like in free agency they might have an issue and their cap situation might cause them some issues as well yeah um, but, no. but it's similar situation to the Lions right where you've got these great players obviously they're up and coming but with how you're built you need to feel Jared Goff with great peace around him and sooner or later they need to cash in well I remember Joe Burrow, you know, that press conference a couple of years ago, he mentions that his whole career is the window. That's what you get when you have an, an elite quarterback. So look, looking at it, actually, they're, they're not really their top end talent that, that they've got to worry about. It's a lot of their, like, depth players. So actually, they might be in a, in a good position still. Like, maybe you're right. The only, the only people here that, like, sort of give me pause to think about is maybe Kinlaw, who came on quite well this year. Uh, and Gibson. Um, aside from that, a lot of the, the others are replaceable. Are, are you talking about getting a new contract? He's making some noise. He wants to be paid this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he he sort of deserves it for the season that he's had. He deserves getting some some money. So I I don't hate it. The only problem he'll have is 
uh, their their cat space is is not looking good. I don't think. Uh, they've got like maybe six six million left over. No, sorry, they've got half a million cap space. <laughs> so they're gonna have to make some adjustments to try and free up some spaces. You know, oh, like do some wheeling dealing with the contract situations, um, and see if they see if they can they can get something together. Because we're we're still expecting a. 49ers to be fighting for the number one seed next year, right? They're not going to have an Eagles and top up themselves. Uh, no, but I mean, there's other teams that, like you say, uh, I feel like are getting closer to them. So, like, the the um, Lions are one of them who I think are in a good position. The Green Bay Packers as well. Yeah. I think they're going to look good next year. Um, they're, they're, tr- like they're going to be up there basically um and like you said the the Dallas Cowboys as well are a team where they've got they've got a lot of pieces will it be enough I don't know but we'll see but it's just there's just a lot of teams where that could also break their gap and there's a lot of up and coming teams as well like I'm interested to see what the Bears do because they've got draft draft capital to basically change their franchise right with everyone everyone speculating what's going to happen in the first round draft they're pick. on the clock but like they they could get Williams, maybe change their franchise that way. They could trade that pick, get Harrison Jr. still if one of the two behind it want hit, want the pick. Has this uh, has this Super Bowl changed your mind on what the Bears should do? Because you are the proponent of of just get load up on picks and get talent around Fields. I am, yeah. It it sort of depends on your feelings about Fields. If Fields is elite, and you know, I've been thinking about this a long time, right? I've been thinking about this for a, a long while. Uh, it keeps me up at night. I'm not gonna lie, like you know, I'm, I'm I can't sleep <laughs> at night sometimes. <laughs> and basically, I I'm now in the camp of you draft Williams. I'm Thank now you. I'm now in the camp of you shop fields and you draft Williams because this this Super Bowl has sort of changed my perspective, like you said where I actually feel a mediocre quarterback isn't going to cut it anymore. Like, when was the last Super Bowl win by a mediocre quarterback? Even just a good quarterback. Even just a good quarterback. When was the last time a good quarterback won the... Won, maybe Nick Foles <laughs> in that Eagles-Patriots Eagles, like, season. Year. But he, he, was, he looked elite that year. So it's sort yeah. of like, well, he had a great year. But then, you know, you could argue Fields might do the same and might look great for a, a season or two, but it's like, well... Then would you, you ro- Caleb Williams has then come around every draft. Exactly. Like, you, I, I feel like we're... I, I'm now a changed man when it comes to you saw drafting the like- quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's kind of like you, you don't often get a position where you can draft at number one. So if you've got this guy available at number one, or even even if you're not sold on Williams, but there's the other guys, Mays there and Daniels. Um, Daniels. If you're sold on one of them instead, just pick them up. Like if because these are all meant to be generational talents. They're all meant to be like great quarterbacks. I, I, if you can shop Fields, I would get rid. That's yeah, my and, thoughts. And uh, the the ransom for the quarterbacks this year is going to be huge because the rumor is that teams aren't enamored with next year's quarterback class. But regardless, like you can't get, you can't trade however many draft picks to get Mahomes. 
to get Burrow, to get Josh Allen, you, the only chance is in the draft. And you yeah. might as well take it. Trade feels what you can. I still believe feels can be a quality starter. Yeah. But the, the, you're, you're going for the upside. You you need to try and get one of these elite guys when you've got a chance. I, I completely agree. I, like, I I obviously haven't been in that camp. Like, we've had many discussions about it. And I've I've not been in that camp. I've been in the camp of you trade down and you just accumulate loads of picks to build your team up. But realistically, right, from what we saw the Bears last season, I would say they could do with extra players at certain positions for sure. But I wouldn't say that they're that far removed from being a, a competent, good team. I feel like coaching plays a part, but also I feel like they've got some skill position players. Like I like DJ Moore as their wide receiver. Could they do with a wide receiver too? Sure. But also, let's not forget, they've got like the ninth overall pick as well. Yeah. And at <laughs> that, that point, you can get an elite edge edge player. You can get another receiver. You can get a tight end offensive tackle. Yeah, you get, well, you just get a receiver. For me, at that point, you grab you grab another receiver because you, you've you signed Montez Sweat. Like, you traded for Sweat from uh, Washington, who's looked great. The, your defense came on at the end of last year. I would I would put the help on the offensive side and I would get an elite quarterback and then give him an elite playmaker at wide receiver where there's a few of these guys available at that position. And not only that, if you can trade fields to a to a team that are within that realms, because like the, the talk on the town is it's Atlanta, right? Who are sort of like the favourites to make the trade for him because there's some connection there. I think Fields is originally from Atlanta. Well, I I'm not. Oh, that, those rumors about him fetching a first round pick have cooled a bit, but I I, I won't put it fast. Quarterback needy teams could need quarterbacks. I I wouldn't say a first is too outrageous to give up for Fields. I I would say three first. What I've been seeing is massively outrageous to give up three for first. Fields. I've seen a report I, saying that. I, have that, you? Is that from Bears fan forever? <laughs> uh, I. Hey, I've seen reports online that says that the Bears are asking for three first-round picks for for Fields, and for me, that's that's just never going to happen. Yeah. But I, I don't see them not. I, I can see them getting a first and like a second, or a first and two seconds, maybe. I, I I can see a second or a first. Nothing, nothing more than that, really. But if they could get one of these other first rounds within the top twenty, so then you've got the first, the ninth, and like the twentieth round pick, like up until the twentieth round pick. How nice is that for you? The the problem is it comes down to what quarterback needy teams there are. And then that's that's where they'll lie. I don't think that I, I think the ones that are quarterback needy are drafting high enough that they don't need to worry about like trading. They they might get someone full for them. Uh, I agree. Like there's three elite quarterbacks in my opinion. There's there's been new rumors uh slandering Drake May, but I still believe that <laughs> Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are the top three. Yeah. Um, and you've got the top three in the draft, Patriots, Commanders, Bears, probably gobbling those guys up straight away. Yeah. Which will fall very nicely for your guys. If that I don't is know what, who you, what you're on about. I don't have a team. But my <laughs> former team, Arizona Cardinals, will have a great receiver, Marvin Harrison, to pair with Kyler Murray. And they, they would not be able to believe what was happening for them. If that happened, I mean, there, there are a few teams just looking like that that you would argue that would want a quarterback as well. You know, the Giants potentially, even though they just paid Daniel Jones a massive contract. Mm. Uh, the Titans, 
depending on how how they feel about Levis. Um, the um, Vikings are in a position about Kirk Cousins, whether or not he resigns there. Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders probably should look at seeing if they could do something there. Uh, Broncos. Um, if they get rid of Russell Wilson, which is what the talk on the town is. Which will just leave them with a massive, massive like deficit in their cap space. But this draft is going to be one of the most exciting that I can remember in terms of the top heavy talent. It's huge in this draft. I feel and like the fantasy as well, like the fantasy offensive players, skill pieces. There's a lot of them. I feel like the top ten is going to be really interesting. I like agree. The, the top ten is going to be so interesting. And it's just then after that it might it might fall off, but. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm not too fussed. The Saints are drafting 14th. I couldn't care who they pick, to be honest, because nothing's going to fix that car crash at this point. Uh, I'm I'm excited for Clint Kubiak, don't get me wrong. I think that we might change um, some of the offense around. At least it might give the offense a different look. But when you're $83 million over the cap before looking at any free agency needs and anything like that, you know, it, you're in a bad spot. And to be and honest, the, the less you mention the Saints on a Super Bowl podcast, the the better. No, uh, I, I want to get them in there. I want to I get them in there. I want to get them in there. But we'll see. I mean, what might help is if, like, realistically, this sounds really bad, but if Ramchek retires for us, it kind of helps us. Even though he's one of our better players. <laughs> I mean, the Saints have a lot of issues to f- sort out. Not least the culture. Um, the 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 players seem hey. to love X hey. and, and Twitter and making statements about <laughs> each other. Just, there's just two of them. And Michael Thomas has never been shy to go on Twitter to blast people. Namely, the Saints organisation. <laughs> so... The Saints organisation... Opposing players, his own quarterbacks, his own, you know. <laughs> his own players. Let, let, let's, let's not, but I, I mean, with, with CD Gardner Johnson, I feel like everyone wants to like have a go at him. So, you know, I feel that's that's valid. <laughs> not everyone seems to want want to have a little dig. There's, but, there's there's a lot of like player rivalries now. There's a lot of like you you look at Debo Samuel, you look at AJ Brown, like. CJ Gardner Johnson, Johnson. I feel like the top teams in the NFC all just hate each other now. Wasn't wasn't didn't Charles like Ward and uh, South Gardner went at each other on Twitter as well? I thought like, I think Ward deleted his tweet after. <laughs> it's like I I feel like it's easier to players to have beef with each other though because there's so much like online um, social media. Like back in back in back in our day. When we first started like watching the NFL and stuff, there wasn't so much of this. Like people didn't blast each other on Twitter and stuff. They would just do it at the end of a game. They would just talk to their, you know, the broadcasters and say, "Don't put a sorry receiver on me, like Crabtree and stuff like that." Yeah. But you know, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They you, would go you're on reminiscing. You're missing the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. The Legion of Boom. The good old days. No, like you know what I mean though. Like there, there wasn't this before, and I think it comes to players as well. Because a lot of these players are growing up in this generation where like social media is the thing, it's easier to call people out, it's easier to do all that than doing it face to face or, you know, 
in on a on a broadcast or something like that. They they're quite happy to call each other out on Twitter though. Yeah, like one thing I don't agree on. Like whatever you're you you've got a great job. Do what you're doing. Like it's clearly working for you. But like, why do you feel the need to check your Twitter <laughs> after a game and then come back at people who are rightly or wrongly? And most of the time, fans are like at the line. But like, come on, you don't need to look for some beef straight after a game. Some people do it during a game. No, like, was it was um, yeah. it? Whether it's CJ Gardner Johnson who was like tweeting at people during a game or someone, I, I might not have been Gardner Johnson, so if it wasn't, I apologise. But uh, there was definitely a player this year that has been blasted for replying to a tweet during a match. I do know what you're on about, like within the last two years, like, but I can't remember off the top of my head. No, I don't know who it was, but definitely someone has been blasted for replying to a tweet during a match. And I think it was Gardner Johnson, but again, I, I don't want any. That's I don't just want Saints fan hatred coming out of the. I I just don't want any heat from him. I don't want. I don't want any. I don't want him tweeting at me if uh, if that's the case. Even though I don't have a personal Twitter, you never know. <laughs> he might just start. We have our unqualified. Yeah, unqualified you know, yeah, yeah put us on the map. Start abusing that one instead. <laughs> so with with this uh, all coming up though, we you know we talked about the the draft being exciting. Um, is there any more coaches like had Steve Wilkes particularly? Like, do you feel like he's gonna find somewhere to go? There's not really a lot of jobs available anymore, though, is there? Yeah, he's managed to get a few jobs, but it's these like defensive and offensive uh, coordinate hirings are usually who you know. Um, and I won't be surprised if in the future he gets a job, but I don't think there's any any job right now that's screaming yes is going to them. Well, um, I, I, what what jobs are still available though? Is my question. Put me on <laughs> the spot now, I mean, I Yeah, no, sorry, because like uh, with the with like the the coordinator jobs and stuff, most of them have already been signed up. Like most of most of the teams have already picked their coordinators or their their like head coaches. So it's it's just literally we're waiting to you know there's some like assistant coaches and stuff like that, but. I, I'm just trying to think what what jobs are available. Maybe the the Patriots one. Has the Patriots got a need at uh, like def- like defensive coordinator? I'm looking on the list and can't actually identify like who's available. No, maybe we'll do a we'll do a job. <laughs> We'll, we'll do some research into it for our next podcast because uh, this is just showing how unprepared we are. Um, it's, it's embarrassing us right now. I've embarrassed us. That's on me. Hey, that, hey, hey, we keep it authentic. That's on me. That's on me. I've embarrassed us. We're not. We're not prepared for it. Bring a lot of questions that I, like, I didn't know. Um. Oh, one one point I wanted to talk about as well. What What do you feel about Kelsey and the whole? Um, Andy Reid situation. Uh, I mean, it's it's clearly. I mean, Andy Reid. Andy Reid doesn't seem much in it. He's gonna say all the right things in front of the camera, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But these guys handle it usually internally. Um, I think Andy Reid's got a hold of it. Like Kelsey, sometimes get, lets the emotions get the better of him, say the least. But I feel like Reid will rightfully handle it internally. Obviously, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be doing that. But I think I feel like when when you're winning, it's fine. 
Well, it's not even when you're winning, right? Like, it's it's in the moment, they're in the middle of a game, like, a, a fumble happened, I think. It was a fumble by Pacheco, which is what, what happened just before that interaction occurred. Um, like what the, Andy Reid said, you can see he wasn't looking towards Kelsey. So when Kelsey came up to him, he didn't see him. And when he bumped him, he, he knocked him off balance, which is fair. But I, I also feel like we're playing with people, like these guys have to be motivational. Like they have to motivate themselves. They have to be, you know, fired up for the game. It's a violent game. It's a game of literal, like, violence. You have to be fired up somewhat. And yeah, his emotions overboiled in the sense that he then made contact with his coach and was screaming in his face. I agree, you don't want that. You don't want to see that from a player screaming in his face. But I feel like it's been taken well out of proportion by people. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's it's because it's Kelsey, right? It's like mm-hmm. everyone wants something to say on Kelsey. Uh, but wait, wait, let's, it's a bit rich coming from you. You're blaming the players for not knowing the rules. And yet you're giving players pass for assaulting their coaches. I'm not, I'm not giving them a pass for it. I, I, I just said it was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. But what I'm saying is it's all blown out of proportion. Because at the end of the day, he's fired up. He wants to get in the game. He wants to win a game. He he was taken out probably because they're they're like monitoring his snap counts. They don't want him to get tired. He's older now. Like they they need to monitor monitor that a little bit, which uh, you know makes sense in that you you don't want your best offensive player outside of Patrick Mahomes to get hurt. Like makes perfect sense for me. And if if he was on the field, does that stop the um, fumble happening? I don't I don't know. Because at the end of the day, he, you he think so. yeah, but he would have had no no real involvement except for blocking on that play. So the hit still happens on um, Pacheco. The ball potentially still comes out. So then it's sort of like, well, realistically, you, you wouldn't have had that much involvement in the play anyway. But he's just fired up. He's just he just wants to play. Like he just wants to get involved. Like, and I I, I would love to see that from my players. If I was the head coach and I, like, I had a player so fired up wanting to get out there and play for me, I'd be like, the hell yes, like get get out there, like you know, go do your thing. What yeah. I, what what makes no sense to me though is people trying to tie this to how he is outside of football. No, don't, yeah, don't get me started on that. Like, <laughs> like there's so many comments about like his behaviour because he's he's like geared up during a football match. He's going to be quick to anger outside of football and stuff and it's going you know this has always been Kelsey this has always been Kelsey he Jason Kelsey had to calm him down to you know basically sign with the Kansas City Chiefs and then uh, Travis Kelsey has basically credited his career to Andy Reid well that's the thing you you can tell they've got a great relationship he's only ever played for Reid like they they obviously have a great relationship they obviously know each other well you know Reid's it's come out and said he's got a great relationship with him but also any of these NFL players obviously you know there, there's talks about them uh there's a lot of talks about like domestic violence and things like that and like anger issues and, and things like that happen outside of football but then I just feel like you're tarnishing everyone with the same brush if you're just going to say you know yeah. he's he's going to be violent as well off the pitch because I, he's quick to anger during a game which is literally violent yeah, I, I I don't like trivialising domestic violence based on um, some emotions that you've seen during the game. Like that's that's like twenty steps way too far. Absolutely. So, uh, final uh, point. Final point. 
Yeah. Um, Travis Kelsey and Reed both said they're coming back next year. They, uh, Kelsey said he wants a three-peat. Is a three-peat going to happen? I I feel it's too early to say. Because it it all it all depends, doesn't it? I wasn't ex- expe- I, d- I didn't expect a twenty minute essay from you. I just wanted you to say yes, it's gonna happen. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with no. Right now, my feelings of it are no, and the reason is I think there's a lot of teams this year that underperformed. That I feel come next year, they might not underperform as bad. Like the Bengals are the real team that come to mind. If Borough is healthy, that's a totally different team. That's that's the only reason. I literally thought that as well. The Bengals are the only team because of them that I would say no. If it wasn't for them, I'll say yes. Chiefs are, Chiefs are <laughs> the team. But yeah, no, it's fair. It's fair. And also, like, it comes to me with what happens in free agency in the draft. If teams can get better, if teams can draft well and, like, close that gap a little bit more to the Chiefs, we'll see. The, the issue is, though, Andy Reid is probably up there with the best head coach slash coach in American football history right now. He elevates that team so much just himself. And then you've got one of the best quarterbacks of all time playing on that team. It's it's a hard thing to catch up with. Like, it's hard. And if they can bring that defence back as well, it's going to be dangerous. Mahomes or Brady? It's still Brady for me. Mahomes plays in like a different era of football right now where it's easier. I feel like the NFL is much easier for Mahomes than it ever was for Brady for two reasons, right? I know Brady got a lot of the rub from like people can say he cheated to a lot of his titles. He got a lot of the rub from the, you know, you know, like deflate gate and the tuck rule and things like that, which is fair to say, but he also played against people like Ray Lewis and like people like Ed Reed. People that would take your head off, like that you don't have that sort of contact anymore. He's talked about it before on podcast and like, you know, you've got quarterbacks putting balls in places where people are at, at risk of getting hurt if the defender can tackle like they used to 10 years ago, but they're, they're not allowed to. Not only that, like pass rushing and stuff is actually worse now than it used to be because you can't hit a quarterback. Yeah, Even with, I, I... even with tackle, you can't. Yeah, I only asked that because for the next few months before the draft, that's all, <laughs> and before the NFL season, we're just going to be here about how wow. Mahomes is a great support time. I agree with you, Brady's there until Mahomes gets seven. Um, like that's what it comes down to. I mean that that is a, that is a fair comment. It's not only that; it's until Mahomes gets seven on multiple teams, not just having one coach carry you all that way. My, Brady, like the whole talk was. Is Brady just uh, getting the Belichick rub? Like, is it Belichick? Is it Brady? He then left and went to Tampa Bay, which arguably was a it was a very loaded roster. So, <laughs> you know, it might not have been the best best Brady year, but he went to a team and won another Super Bowl though. Yeah, that's what matters. Like he he did it himself. I know he took like his mate with him, Gronk, like went with him, but he still went and did it without the same coach. So it's sort of like that for me elevates it as well. And he did it. He's done it over such a long period. Like Mahomes has only been on the scene for a few years and he's having the same quarterbacks to play against. Right. And Brady. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And let's not forget Brady 
in his twilight years beat Mahomes twice in the playoffs and once uh, once in the Super Bowl. Like that that's just goat state goat status right there. But not just that. You look at the legends that Brady has has beat throughout his career, and like the number of quarterbacks, like the elite quarterbacks that you would say compared People, to. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off once again. But they talk about Mahomes uh, stopping the legacies of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Tom Brady is the reason that Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers didn't reach the Philip Rivers, Bill Rivers, (laughs) Eli Manning. Yeah, these the reason that these guys didn't reach the peak that they maybe should have done if Brady wasn't in the league. Yeah, Brady is like the dream crusher for many, many uh, a team. And not only that, how many Super Bowls did he end up going to? Like, I'm pretty sure Brady ten? went to like 10, 9 or 10. Like, he's he's gone to so many Super Bowls in his career. He's, you, I just for me, there's no argument right now. Currently, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. There's no argument there, right? He He will likely go down as one of the greatest to play the game. But he's a long way off Brady for me. I agree. Like it's a long way to go. And on that bombshell, we are gonna we're gonna leave it there for today. Thank you everyone for for tuning in and listening to us ramble on. Um, we appreciate you. We'll be back next week uh, with some actual research done. So <laughs> on on the, what coaching jobs are available because I feel like we need to look at this. Um, and uh, maybe yeah. even some some early draft talk. Maybe some early draft talk. We will see. Until then, though, see ya. Peace.